Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. This is the Body of Christ Church. And welcome to Repentance is the Key. Is the key. Even that the blood in the church hall Don't forget about my friends in the dance hall Joy and love me have a great peace of mind And at this me want me dance and bring them to find Me go fast and pray, go fast and pray Till Christ God and me bring them fine See she a go fast and pray, go fast and pray And to see the devil get thee behind Me, fast and pray, go fast and pray Till Christ God and me bring them fine See she a go fast and pray, go fast and pray Shalom, and welcome once again to another episode of Repentance is the Key. I'm your host, the brother Abadja, and the topic that we're dealing with this evening is the 50th anniversary of the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom. And what we're going to do tonight is see if things have changed. I'm having a little bit of technical difficulty here, just uh, in, a, in a little bit of the back, I'm trying to get my guessing. So until I can resolve that, on August the 28th, 1963, Hundreds of thousands descended upon our nation's capital to make a stand against poverty and racial discrimination. The March on Washington for jobs and freedom went down in history as one of the most pivotal points of change in our country's history. One of the most notable highlights of the march was a speech delivered by the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., which later became known as the I Have a Dream speech. In it, Dr. King cast a spotlight on the social, racial, and financial injustices that had plagued the Negro since they had been made free exactly 100 years ago to the day by the Emancipation Proclamation. This past August 28th marked the 50th anniversary of that historic day and King's historic speech, a day that is credited with being one of the most significant events that brought about the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and the Voting Rights Act in 1965. But today, 50 years later, has the dream that so many marched, bled, and died for come to fruition? Is the so-called Negro really free? Have things changed for the better, or have we squandered the inheritance of our elders and given ourselves over to a new slave master, sin? Join us as we search the Holy Bible to interpret Dr. Reverend Martin Luther King Jr.'s dream. So I'm getting ready to bring in one of my uh, guests here. I think we've got some issues resolved. Oh, let me see who this is. Hello, caller from 716-880. You're live on the air with the Body of Christ Radio Network. Hey, shut up, brother. How are you reading me? You reading me okay? I got you loud and clear. Okay, this is Brother Kasamba. Uh, 
and give it all praises. Uh, we're going to deal with this topic, and I'm glad to be invited on to see what the insight or understanding of the wisdom thus says the Lord concerning this topic is. And I'm looking forward to participating. And once again, giving all praises okay. to the Most High in Christ, bro. Yeah, I hear you. And uh, I think we're going to have the Godwin join us this evening. Let me check and see if this is him. Brother Godwin, you live on the air. Hey, shalom, bro. All right, there we go. Yeah, I was having a little bit of uh, some issues with my web browser. <laughs> I couldn't get y'all on this right away. But uh, wow. we're keeping it moving. Okay. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, uh, the Brother Godwin actually hosts uh, a show as well on Saturdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time called uh, Kings and Priests, which I pretty much uh, play back up for. And, again, you know, Brother Kungabar also hosts the show, You Smarter Than Your Pastor, which is on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And what we've come on in here tonight, the come pretty much already, you know, said what his part was in it. And, you know, brothers, I just want to take a look at some things because I, I planned on playing excerpts of the uh, Martin Luther King speech this evening, but uh, that thing is, is heavily, heavily copywritten. But, um, and I didn't, I, I was still going to use it. I didn't get a chance to upload it in time. But I do have some audio from it. But actually what I was going to do is I have the uh, the speech here in front of me as far as the, um, the actual speech that they um, transcribe. So I'll just be kind of be reading some notes from that. Because what we want to do is, you know, the March on Washington, you know, as it states in this title, was for jobs and equality, basically, or for jobs and freedom, is more accurately put. And, you know, one of the things, I mean, just going to jump right into it. Uh, you know, one of the things that, you know, that Dr. King had referenced in his speech was the, the concept of basically a check with insufficient funds. And I'm just going to read a little bit uh, from his speech here. And this is actually from the beginning where he said that five four years ago, a great American in whose symbolic shadow we stand here today signed the Emancipation Proclamation. This momentous decree is a great beacon, beacon light of hope to millions of Negro slaves who had been seared in the flames of withering injustice. It came as a joyous daybreak to the end, to, excuse me, to end the long night of their captivity. But 100 years later, the Negro still is not free. 100 years later, the life of the Negro is still badly crippled by the manacles of segregation and the chains of discrimination. 100 years later, the Negro lives on a lonely island of poverty in the midst of a vast ocean of material prosperity. 100 years later, the Negro is still languished in the corners of American society and finds himself in exile in his own land. Okay. He says, so we've come here today to dramatize a shameful condition. Now, of course, I didn't do justice to it. <laughs> this is uh, Dr. King had read it. But he goes on to talk about basically coming to the nation's capital and cash in on the promises that were supposed to be afforded to, you know, so-called African-Americans or blacks, as we were referenced back then, the Negro, and, you know, basically cash in on those promises. So my, my first question and uh, I'm going to direct this to you all to come. Uh, on the 50th anniversary, so 50 years after King made the speech, are 
black people are really free or, you know, are we still enslaved to something different? Or did, did that, the, the thing that the march seeks to accomplish, you know, with regard to us being so-called free, have those things really happened or, you know, did the dream miss its mark? Well, I mean, you don't have to uh, do a study, a survey, be a part of a think tank. All you just have to do is look at this people and open your eyes and see what their condition is today. Um, We make up the highest population in the prison system. We make up the highest population of people that commit ourselves to killing our kids before they even have a chance to be born, like, the abortion rate just in New York City alone is 51%. Um, that means that more babies are being killed in abortion mills than are being born. You look at our unemployment, joblessness rates, um, the murder rate among our people, everything that's kind of negative, it plagues our people. So when you really look at it now, what, 150 years later from the Emancipation Proclamation? Have things really gotten mm-hmm. better? Because if this is better, I would hate to see worse. So the whole point about it is, is you know, not to dwell too far, but it's funny how certain things are really true. Um, my father, who was born in 1917, excuse me, his brother was born in 1917. He was born in 1920 in Jackson, Mississippi. So he lived through a lot of the, the heat of racism and so on and so forth as you could say, when the Klan was in vogue and so on and so forth. And he used to tell me, and I used to think he was crazy, Uh-oh. that the wonderful thing that... Hello? Can you hear me? Hello? Uh, still got him there. I'm going to give you a couple me? of seconds to see if we can bring him back in. Um, Godiva, would you like to comment on that while we... Uh, yeah, I, becomes, I, I uh, can hear him. Situated? I can hear Kako. Is it going? Kako, goodbye. Okay, seems like I might have lost both of them. Let me see. Um, y'all bear with me for a moment here while I check some things. They're having a few technical difficulties. Okay. Okay. About you. Did I get any? Did you get okay, now I got you back. Yeah. Okay, I think I got you back now. Okay, what about Kaka? Uh, waiting on. But I tell you what, Madame, did you hear everything that I, uh, um, the question that I asked about us being free, uh, things changing with regards to us being free since the Emancipation Proclamation and the March on Washington in 1963? Yeah, sure. I mean, as far as us being free, um. The definition of free is to to relieve or uh, rid, to exempt or deliver, to make free, set at liberty, to release as from restricted, unrestrained, um, free and clear. So are we free and clear? The answer is no. The reason why we're not free and clear because... You, especially um, Dr. Martin Luther King, he will refer a lot to the Bible 
and as far as uh, a parallel between the blacks in America and the biblical children of Israel, the Hebrew slaves mm-hmm. that were under Pharaoh. But when you look at the example of the children of Israel being delivered or set free from Egypt, they left and they went to go to a land of their own. So they wasn't left in the land to uh, be set at be set free in the midst of their oppressors. They left their oppressors. They left with spoil, the spoils of of war because God made war on the Egyptians, and they went into a land flowing with milk and honey. So what happened to mm-hmm. blacks in America? We were left in the land with our oppressors to continue to oppress us. So this is this mm-hmm. is what has happened now. So people think, um, you know, they wonder why you know there's no really race equality, and it's a scripture that I want to read. In the, in the Bible, that explains it perfectly. This is Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter, and I'll start from verse 45. It okay. says, Moreover, all these curses shall come upon thee, and shall pursue thee, and overtake thee, till thou be destroyed, because thou hearkenest not unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to keep his commandments and his statutes which he commanded thee. So the Lord gave us commandments and statutes, and this is one of the prime reasons why we have suffered in slavery, why we suffered during the civil rights time from the time of the Emancipation Proclamation, even up to now. And it says, and they shall be upon thee for a sign and for a wonder upon thy seed forever. So these things, these curses, the problems in our community are upon us for a sign. So people can see these are the people that are having all these problems. These are the people of the Lord. Because people wonder, like, why are these people crazy? Why are these people immoral? Why these people can't get ahead? Why, why, why? That's the question. Verse 47, because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart for the abundance of all things, because we didn't serve the heavenly Father, with a joyful heart for all the things that he had given us. Even now, in this day and time, our people are caught up into these uh, churches, which are basically teaching paganism and Satanism. I know it's a shock for a lot of people. They don't understand. But um, it's true. It says, therefore, Mm -hmm. shall thou serve thy enemies, which the Lord shall send against thee in hunger and in thirst, and in nakedness, and in one of all things. And he shall put a yoke of iron upon thy neck until thou destroy thee. So you look at, you look at uh, as far as slavery, we were let go from where? They did not return us from where we came from. They let us go to continue to serve them and continue the oppression of our people to continue. So we're not free mm-hmm. to make our own decisions, or we don't have autonomy as a nation of people. We're still a nation that's under another nation's authority and power because that was a big thing with the uh, Lord wanting the, the Hebrews to go and to serve him and not to be underneath the power 
or the subjection or the laws of the Egyptians, but to be under the laws of God. So we're not under our own laws. We're not under our own rules and regulations. We still have to follow and go along with the laws and the statutes of America. And you can see a lot of the laws and statutes of America that they're coming out with now is in direct contradiction to the laws that have been followed. So back to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's that's actually, you know, <laughs> it, it really just kind of leads me to the next question. Because you look at what the Lord brought us through. You know, first of all, the affliction that the children of Israel that we suffered in, in Egypt and how the Lord brought us out of Egypt to serve him. And even how, you know, and I know that we're going to this a little bit later on in the show, just one of the scriptures regarding the, the prophecies concerning the bondage that the children of Israel would be going into and how exactly how we were going to be going into that bondage and what the Lord actually brought us over here for. You know, so, I mean, it's just looking at, looking at the role of what we know today as discrimination and poverty, you know, what role did that play in keeping us oppressed? You know, it's like the general population, most people would say, well, that that came from, you know, the so-called white man, our oppressor. But when we look at the scriptures, you know, and you read it in Deuteronomy, uh, Godiva, I'm actually going to go to uh, just read real briefly, and you can chime in here if you want to. Okay. I'm still trying to get to come back as we speak. Uh, I'm going to read Deuteronomy 28. Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah. Cause there we go. Okay. All right, we got you. Yeah. I've been sitting here. I was. I would have my phone on me. Okay. Oh, okay. Can, can I? Can I just dive in? Um, I got cut off, and what I was trying to bring yeah. out was, um, when you had asked yeah, me just opening thoughts about are we better or are we free or so on and so forth, and that's been, I believe, like 150 years since the Emancipation Proclamation, correct? Right, about 150 yeah. years, correct? Okay. Mm-hmm. So when you look at the state of Black folk, so-called black folk, because now we have to be really um, careful when we talk about this because, you know, some people get hung up on this black folk. We talk it in speech that people can understand because there is no nationality derived from a color, black. There's a Mm -hmm. nation of people that have been scattered as captives throughout the whole world. You know, the slave markets were what life with our people, because that curse, as Gadaiwa was bringing out, is on our people, whether they be scattered in Santa Domingo, Mexico, Brazil, South America, so on and so forth, or whether they be scattered in parts of Europe and Asia Minor, so on and so forth, these people have been dispersed based on what the Lord's doing. Why? Because of our disobedience, and this is what we're talking about. So when you get to little old America as the scheme goes, when you look at just the history of our people in this country, you say, well, was it, is it, has the dream been realized? I mean, or mm-hmm. is it better now because of Emancipation Proclamation or the Civil Rights Movement and so on and so forth? And basically, is one thing that we have to understand. It's a lot worse because I don't know if you heard me giving some of the minor statistics. You could just Google it the rates of incarceration of our people, the rate of pregnancies, unwanted pregnancies, and abortion. Like when you look at New York City, 51%, not the so-called Hispanic, not the so-called whatever they call it themselves, 
that we all are one big family, but just the so-called ones that they refer to as black, killing 51% of their babies in abortion mills. You got Chicago. The murder rate, according to so-called black-on-black, is higher than a lot of the wars in the last three years that we've been fighting in Afghanistan and Iraq. So the hatred, the malice, the degeneration, just turn on the rap video. Or just turn on one of these songs that these young kids are listening to. The degenerate behavior that's being pumped up by our enemies and being sucked in by us as stupid as we are, as simple as we are, as entertainment and something worthwhile, is just promoting more degenerate behavior. How many of those videos you got to see where even our women, believe it or not, that used to be the most delicate things on the earth, are walking around, pulling each other's weave out, butt-necked, fighting, slamming each other's hands at the tables in some restaurant or some playground or something. So to me, you want to say, is it better? I would hate to see worse. Now, having said all that, the brother started in the book of curses. I want to read this scripture because you said something about, like, what we love to do is we love to blame the so-called white man. But see, because mm-hmm. we're so caught up into foolishness, oh yeah, we blame the white man yeah, we're so caught up in our foolishness and our simplicity, we don't know who did this and we don't even know you're how it even started. Huh? Can you hear me? Okay, I think we lost him again. Hello? But, um, go, go ahead, Kakam. Just, just Kakam. going to the point. Keep you talking. Know, okay. Can you our, hear me? Our, our people, we love to point the finger at you know, the so-called white man. And, uh, some people refer to him as Esau. We, you know, for, for the troubles and Yeah, all I can hear you. Okay, I mean, I'm saying saying is, you know, the, the powers that be set up a lot of the policies and things, you know, that dictate some of the things that go on within our communities. But and I believe what could come with it ready to go to. And uh, the Bible, you still with me? Yeah, can you hear me? Okay, I think we might get them both back here in a second, but I'm just going to go ahead. You know, the thing that we have to really look at is the whole reason why we got here in the first place. So I'm going to go to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 28, and I'm going to start at verse 1. It says, And it shall come to pass, and thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. When you read down, it just goes into how the Lord was going to bless us, but the the contingency, okay, or, or the condition, rather, of us receiving those blessings from the Heavenly Father and being able to abide in our land was that we had to do it according to his will, meaning that we had to do it and remain in that land and live according to the law, statutes, and commandments that he gave us. But obviously we didn't. So let's read. I'm going to jump down to verse 15. It says, but it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day. Okay, hold on. It says I can't hear them. Let me check my connection real quick. I'm having some serious technical difficulties this evening. I might have to do a, try to do a re-up on the show. 
Okay. I see him connected. Okay, y'all bear with me one second. Okay, we're gonna have we're having some technical difficulties. Y'all bear with me one second and we'll be right back in a few minutes. Okay, I'm back in. All right. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, I'm back in. I'm good. I got I got a this touch base with the car. Okay. You, can you hear me, Sebastian? Yep, I got you loud and clear. Okay. Very good. Very good. Okay. Well, Satan obviously doesn't want doesn't want us to deal with this topic, but we gonna go ahead. Um, All right. I'm gonna continue where I was I was talking because basically, you know, this certain group it's a group of people that scattered throughout the world and have been for some quite some time through different captivities, and our people have a problem understanding why this is and who these people are. So when you look at it. Um, in Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter, we always commonly refer to this, this chapter as the book of the curses. Why? Because as you started bringing out, um, Abijah, in verse 1, it talks mm-hmm. about the blessings to verse 14. In verse 15, all the way to the end to 68, it talks about the curses. And the thing that was told to us as a people that if we obey and hearken to the voice of the Lord, as you read in verse 1, we would have all these blessings. But in verse 15, it says, but if you do not hearken and obey, all these curses are going to overtake you. And I want to read this one. In verse 64, it says, and the Lord shall scatter thee among all all people, from the one end of the earth even unto the other, and there thou shalt serve other gods which thou neither thou nor thy fathers have known, even wood and stone. So basically what was going to happen was we were going to lose the knowledge, the righteous understanding, and who buttered our bread and how our maker chose us, and we were going to be relegated to what? The refuse of the world as a people. And it's all simply because of our disobedience. So it's not the white man's fault. It's not the African man's fault. It's not the Arab person's fault because all these people were involved in the dealing and trading. It's not the so-called Jews' fault who had the, who had all the merchant ships 
that were involved in the triangle slave trade. It's not their fault. It's the people that the Lord chose fault for not hearkening and obeying his voice. So the only way we can get free and the only way we can receive a a remedy of this situation is to do it as we are told according to what the Lord said we must do to be free. So it doesn't matter how many men drink, drink, how many marches, how many Lewises get hit with hair and hair the brick, how many of these people proclaim all these foolish things, and people probably get inside, oh, how is he going to talk about it like that? Because it is foolish. Because from the time the Assyrians came and took down this kingdom in Samaria, then the Babylonians, all throughout history, it's been one problem, and it's all involving the same thing and the same people. We refuse to turn back to our father through his Christ. That's what our father does. Because now, it didn't say that the white man was going to scatter you among all nations. It didn't say that the Babylonian was going to do it. It didn't say that the Syrian was going to do it. It didn't say anyone was going to do it but what? The Lord, because it was a just recompense for our evil ways and our sins. And if you look at some of the statistics that I stated earlier about the highest rate of incarceration, the high murder rate among our people, the high drug addiction, the high abortion rate, the high unwanted pregnancy, the all fornication and all of misdeeds and misfit things and degenerate things that we do, we still don't save people. That refuse to deal with the Lord. Go ahead, bro. That's you. And I want to bring this out, uh, Abaja, mm-hmm. because I'm still on the same topic as far as emancipation and the Declaration of Independence. See, when they made mm-hmm. that Declaration of Independence, it wasn't for us. It was for white America. It was for the 13 colonies. And basically they had the the, the legislation and the, um, the Constitution where we were three-fifths of a man. So they can have the, the ones in the South could have voting rights. So, but, well, uh, hold on, hold on. That's, let me just make a this because people misquote that. You're right about the voting rights and property rights, but it wasn't three fifths of a man, it was three fifths of your slave population. That's what it was. It was the slave population that you had would be counted as three fifths of everything that you had, or three fifths of the people that, that were owned by you. So it wasn't necessarily mm. people going out of the Constitution with three fifths of a man. But it was based on what voting rights and so on and so forth, because if they would have counted it man for man, a lot of the southern states would have been what? Overtaking all the houses of Congress and so on and so forth. Why? Because they had all those slaves to push their vote their way or whatever. But go ahead. Right. So so when that when when they say all men are uh, created equal and give unalienable rights, that didn't yeah. include us. But exactly. from the, I'm going to read the scripture where it shows us that we have rights on this earth, and we still haven't received that because we're being punished by the Heavenly Father. This is Deuteronomy 32 and verse 8. It says, when the Most High divided to the nations their inheritance, when he separated the sons of Adam, he set the bounds of the people according to the number of the children of Israel. So what does that show you? 
of all the nations that God made on the earth, he gave them an inheritance. What was that inheritance? Land. He gave them land. So where is our land? We're still stuck in the land of our captivity. We have not returned home. That's what people don't understand. You know, people say, well, you get to get over it. You got freedom. How can we get over it? We're still stuck in the same place without our name, without our identity, and we're still suffering. And it's not getting better. It's getting worse. Because 60 years ago, our people were more together as a people because we had we had to be together. Now that we're free, we're, we're doing more harm to ourselves than the white man ever could or ever did. So that just shows you that we're not free as a people because we're not in our own land. We're not governing ourselves. Back to you. But, you know, can I just say that, you know, growing up in the 60s, one of my famous Malcolm X speeches was, what is your name? Where did you come from? What, what language did you speak? And even though most of our people try to connect it back up into Africa, which there is some history of that people that I'm talking about that was spread all over the face of the earth, some of them did reside in Africa, but or the continent that's called Africa. But that's not where, that's not our motherland, that's not our homeland, because like you said, the guy was, if we were truly Africans, where is our title and deed to our land? Back in Africa, what? Where is our family land and inheritance in Africa? It doesn't exist. You know why? Because that make believe that we African story is not true. That's why it doesn't exist. So we are a people that's torn, thrown throughout the planet of Earth, knowing nothing about our identity, knowing nothing about where we come from. Therefore, it is almost impossible for us to get the freedom that's there for us because we don't know how to be free or who's going to make us free. But the scriptures tell us these things. And I'm waiting until we get to that point, and we'll go over that. Go ahead, bro. Yeah, I mean, because I, I really wanted to just kind of uh, stay on this point for just a little bit longer before we move on because the, the thing that I get from it is that you know, the March on Washington for jobs and freedom was really going into, you know, as far as that so-called promissory note that King mentioned in his speech, is that they wanted to end the lynchings, and we see how that's changed in the last 50 years. It may not be as uh, as numerous, but, you know, they, that was basically marked to end the lynchings, to have representation, in, uh, you know, in government for, uh, you know, the justice system to grant them equal rights, you know, as quote-unquote citizens of the United States, you know, but I think we pretty much dealt with that whole thing as separate but equal. I mean, even when you look at the whole desegregation of the the school system, you know, it's like one of the things that, you know, even me and the brother Akra I talk about, even just speaking with my mother, you know, because my mother, she went to uh, graduated from a historically uh, black college. You know, back in the back in those times when schools were segregated, you know, the whole the whole I guess the beef and I well loosely the beef was that we had so called inferior books, old outdated textbooks, and you know the equipment was inferior to those that you know that that whites had employed and took for granted. 
But the thing is, is that all of those brilliant African-American scholars and scientists and educators were in our community, which means that, in essence, we had something better than the books that were given to us by our captors. When you really look at it for what it is. And looking at how those things translate today, I mean, because those are the brilliant minds that taught us directly instead of us, you know, seeking to be taught from the people that actually hated us. And I, I think that you know, the drawback of the speech is that we are this generation that's here now, they misunderstood the, the, the uh, message of that dream because now they interpret that as entitlement. It's like, oh, you owe me these things. So I, if my question is, do y'all do that? Do these nations really owe us anything? Does the white man owe us anything? Just with regard to all of the things that they march for in Washington. Okay. So that was you know, Yeah, they do. They oh, do okay. owe us something. They that? do owe us something. They owe us the truth. But see, we're not gonna get the we're not gonna get the truth. From our oppressors That's why we have to look to the Heavenly Father And Christ And so many times that's what our people look for They're looking towards their oppressors To show them the truth But you're not going to get it from your oppressors You're not going to get the truth Of who you are and where you come from Or where you need to be or what you need to do You're not going to get that from them You're only going to get that from the scriptures And that's why the Bible is probably One of the most attacked books on the planet, the one of the most disgraced books on the planet. It's not being uplifted anymore as seeing as something that's good. Even in America, when they say one nation under God, it's like you, you got to say, what God are they talking about? Because the horrors of the things that they're coming out with and they're dealing with, you know, is not going according to the scriptures. They say America's a Christian nation. Well, if you look at the scriptures, where it deals with, um, how are you supposed to deal with um, servants or, for layman's terms, so people can understand, slaves? Well, in the Bible, they had a year of jubilee in the 50 year where everyone went free, everyone was debt free, and they didn't leave empty. So in this land or in America where we were held captive, one of the many lands where we were held captive, we were let go, but what were we given? a promise of 40 acres and a mule. But see, what people don't understand is that these are conditions that's handed down by the Heavenly Father because he's the one that decides who's rich. He's the one that decides who's poor. It speaks about that in the book of Samuel, and I'm going to get it. The second Samuels. Give me a second. Second Samuels. The second chapter, two verse seven. It says, "The Lord maketh poor, and maketh rich. He bringeth low, and he lifteth up. He raises up the poor out of the dust, and lifteth up the beggar from the dunghill, to set them among princes, and to make them inherit the throne of glory." For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and he have set the world upon them. So if we're poor, why are we poor? It's because the Lord made us poor. Why do we make why did he make us poor? Because we're not following his guidelines. And see, this is part of the problem is that 
The Lord told us not to follow the other nations. So we in these other nations' land, this is not our land. The the land that the the people who this belongs to in America were the Native Americans, and now they're held captive in their own land. They got a little. They they're better than they're better off than the Black Americans or the Latinos in America because they have a portion of land that they can say somewhat is theirs but it's still managed by something else. They can't do whatever they want to do in this land. So that's the true power of freedom. And, and until this day, we're not really truly free as a nation of people. You know, they have a uh, an Afro-American national anthem. They have an Afro-American flag. But what does it mean? It doesn't mean anything. You're not a sovereign nation. You don't just uh, uh, determine the outcome of what's going to happen in the black community, the American government does. You have to be a part of that. But see, there's going to come a day when the Lord is really going to make us free through Jesus Christ. And that's the thing that we want to get into and and talk about. Back to you. Okay. About you, yeah? The diet, is it there? I'm here. I'm here. Okay. About this, you must be disconnected again. But, you know, it's very interesting that, you know, you, you were saying that. You can hear me, right, uh, the diet? Yeah. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. So I want to read this scripture here. I want to go to um, the whole thing about, like, a promissory note and, you know, what we was dealing with, with, you know, Martin Luther King and his famous I Have a Dream speech, or we'll say, according to thus says the Lord, his infamous I Have a Dream speech, because what? Everyone was putting their hopes into that foolishness and not the hope of the real remedy or solution to our problem. And I'm going to read this because this was something Isaiah was writing about our people back then that still rings true now. It's Isaiah... Um, chapter 30, I'm going to start at verse 9. He, read, he, he, he had written that this is a rebellious people, lying children, children that will not fear the law of the Lord, which say to the seers, see not, and to the prophets, prophesy not unto us right things, speak unto us smooth things, prophesy to seek. Get ye out of the way, turn aside out of the path, cause the Holy One of Israel to cease from before us. Wherefore, thus saith the Holy One of Israel, because ye despise this word and trust in oppression and perverseness and stay thereon, therefore this iniquity shall be to you as a breach ready to fall, swallowed out of, in a high wall whose breaking covers suddenly and an instant. So, as you can see, when you look at this, what, was born, what happened that the Assyrian and the Babylonian captivity happened shortly after this was prophesied? But the one thing that we have to really understand is this. We do trust in lies more than we trust into the word of God. We do teach and talk against the laws of God more so than the dreams of a man, a dreamer. And then when you really look at it, we are dealing with our enemies. This is the Bible. You read it in Deuteronomy 28, verse 45 and 47, I believe. Didn't you say that you were going to have to deal with your enemies for the one of all things? Yeah. Okay. No. So even if this guy's dream 
was something that we need to look for. You can see the fallacy in it right from the beginning. You know why? Because what what battle plan or strategy would have you look for relief from your enemy? The same one that came over here to talk about all men have enabled rights under God to be free. But when he was saying that, what position were you in? Slavery. Exactly. Slavery, that's what... It's the old, like, the so-called stereotypical Indian saying, white man speak with what talk. But the thing about it is, it's not the white man, it's us as a people for accepting that garbage. And then this man is going to take a doctrine from an Indian uh, Eastern religion demonology, religion, Godism, and mix and match it with his own doctrine, claiming it's the Bible, and then come out with some kind of resolution for the people. And the thing about it is, is it's a bad strategy from the beginning to appeal to your enemy for relief. That's the thing. Because now if these people that founded these countries were for us, there would have never been a reason for the 13th Amendment to have been written. What was the 13th Amendment? Most so-called black folks and Hispanics probably don't even know. It was the amendment that abolished slavery. <laughs> so if we were so God-fearing as a country, and, we were, and when this country was founded, and if these uh, democratic, so-called democratic principles was applied to all people, and that this is worthy for us to receive relief, why the hell was there even a 13th Amendment even needed? And then after the 13th Amendment, look at all the things that had to be dealt with, like the Black Code, Jim Crow, uh, separate but equal, segregation, desegregation, civil rights legislation, redlining, all the things that we said be free but still us because what? We refuse to deal with the laws of the both high in his words, and we refuse to turn to his, law, to his way. We just like the rebellious children that Isaiah was writing about, that what? Love to deal with lies and trusted knows and man's ways rather than the ways of God for our liberty. Go ahead, bro, back to you. Right. So, I mean, that's a good point. Um, could come when you're speaking about the enemies because an enemy is a person that, you know, they they hate you, they don't want the best for you, they're adversary, they're someone that's against you. So when you look at that scripture again, it says, Therefore shalt thou serve thy enemies, which the Lord shall send against thee, in hunger and in thirst and in nakedness and one of all things. So what, what are we looking for from the people that had us in captivity and slavery? We're looking for, for justice and equality. We're looking for education. We're looking for housing. We're looking for uh, uh, food. We're looking for all these things from our enemies. Who done this? This was the Lord that done this because exactly. we wouldn't serve him. And a lot of people, they still have that philosophy today that, oh, we don't have to keep the commandments. That's the, for the Hebrews, and I'm not a Hebrew. But we are those Hebrews because all the signs and the curses fit us. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Hey, can, can I be the dead horse? No, I just want uh, something to pop in my head. 
Listen, it cannot be beaten enough. <laughs> okay, now, I was going to Daniel 9, and y'all knew I was going to pull this before we got to the end of this point. Go I'm going to read something that Daniel, Daniel said in the ninth chapter. I want to just start at verse 11. Now, we read about, now, you can tell that the Bible proves itself. Because what I was reading in Isaiah is talking about where the one started with, with the book of Curses, Excuse me, the blessing and the curses, and the curse part is Deuteronomy 28. Now, Daniel is living in a time where it's very evident that we in these curses. And this is what he said, Daniel 9, I'm going to start at verse 11. Daniel says here in verse 11, Yea, all Israel have transgressed thy law. Now, we know Daniel went through the what? Babylonian and the Persian means occupation, captivity, however. That our people were destroyed once again and put in captivity because of their what rebelliousness and their iniquities and their sins. So Daniel is saying, Yea, all Israel have transgressed thy law, even by departing that they might not obey thy voice. Therefore, the curse is poured upon us, and the earth, the oath that is written in the law of Moses, the servant of God. Because we have sinned against him. And he has confirmed his words, which he spake against us and against our judges that judged us by bringing upon us a great evil. For under the whole heaven has not been done as has been done upon Jerusalem. So it was a great hurt that was poured out upon us, like in Isaiah 30, it said it was going to be like a breach that was breaking and overtaking us. But now, check this out. This is our problem still today. Verse 13, as it is written in the law of Moses, all this evil has come upon us, yet may be not our prayer before the Lord, our God, that we might turn from our iniquities and understand thy truth. So what are we doing? We make it up and relish it in, I have a dream. There's a black president. Um, uh, well, you know, a mind is a terrible thing to waste. Go to school. Uh, go to college. They can never take their education away from you. All these things we relish in, but that education and those goals and those things that we set for our people and us as a nation do not go back to what is needed for our people to understand. Our problem is not educational, it's not economical, it's not socioeconomic, it's not any of the things. Our problem is we have a huge spiritual problem. We disconnect it and turned away from our God, and we refused. As Isaiah said, we were rebellious people that trusted lies more than the laws of God. David said the same thing. All of this stuff is happening to us, but yet we refuse to turn to the Lord and make our prayer before him. Matter of fact, a lot of people think, oh, that Christ is a faggot, or this dude is that. Um, if it was a God, why is this, this, that? Out of ignorance, sheer ignorance of not knowing the power that made the universe and how he chose us as a people, they come up with these milly-mouth people excuses not to turn to the understanding of the Lord. Therefore, in 2013, might I say, we are worse than what my father was brought into in 1920 in Jackson, Mississippi, at the height of the Klan and all the Jim Crow and all that stuff, 
that we had to deal with as a people. It's worse now than it ever was then. Back to you. Mm. Now, you know what? I actually had a, a, a clip of the uh, speech that uh, President Obama gave at the uh, at the uh, ceremony, but um, I don't think I need to play that one <laughs> because we pretty much – well, you know what? I'm, I'm going to play it anyway, and then uh, I'll let y'all comment on it, and we're going to take a short break. But I, I just wanted y'all to hear this because um, the president actually got up and he spoke for roughly like 28 minutes. It was almost 30. But uh, this is one of the things, you know, and it just goes to show the mindset of our people and just people in general as far as how this change came about. Y'all listen to this real quick. Through setbacks and heartbreaks and gnawing doubt, that flame of justice flickered. It never died. And because they kept marching, America changed. Because they marched, the civil rights law was passed. Because they marched, a voting rights law was signed. Because they marched, doors of opportunity and education swung open so their daughters and sons could finally imagine a life for themselves beyond washing somebody else's laundry or shining somebody else's shoes. Because they marched, city councils changed and state legislatures changed and Congress changed and, yes, eventually the White House changed. Because they marched, America became more free and more fair, not just for African Americans, but for women and Latinos, Asians and Native Americans, for Catholics, Jews and Muslims, for gays, for Americans with disability. America changed for you and for me, and the entire world drew strength from that example. So that was uh, President Barack Obama giving the speech at the at the uh, ceremony. So, and again, like I said, the reason I played it is because most people in this country will agree that you know this. And I, I say it and say this out of respect and not mocking me, but the uh, the sacrifices that were made and the the things that happened, you know, they like you said, they marched, you know, but. I want to read a scripture real quick. Can y'all still hear me? Yeah, we can. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That I said that. So what? They marched and look at us now. Oh, well, we got a black president. We got a black president that's doing every anti freedom thing that you could possibly do worse than Reagan, George Bush, and George Bush the second has ever done. And this dude is supposedly the last person that should be trying to restrict somebody's rights with his NDAA. His NASA snooping and all these things he's got going on 
whistleblower protection and all this corruption they got going on as they try to put a cap on, this dude is violating every right, even according to this wicked, corrupt constitution, according to this country. And we're supposed to model in that because people are too dumb and stupid to see that this dude that talked about Thursday March, let my wicked behind get in office and do all the wickedness that I can to destroy humanity as we know it. And it's not in the hog, hand in hand with Satan linked up. We supposed to respect that? You know, people got to stop drinking the damn Kool-Aid and wake up to what the hell's going on around Because I this dude, before he got into office good, what legislation legislation he signed was some abortion stuff so we can go as simple as hell as we are, killing our own people, really. He signed legislation so we could do it easier. Now, if that is not a child of Satan, I don't know what it is. So when I see that dude on TV, or I see a billboard, or I see our people drunken with the Obama hypnotist trance on them, I think straight foolishness. Why? Because our people will not hear the words of God. They will not hear the Christ and repent for their sins and their iniquities and turn and make their prayer before the Lord. So Daniel and Isaiah was right, and all the other prophets that said the same thing. Go ahead, brother. I'm sorry. Well, actually, just to just to go straight to that point, you know, a, a lot of people get caught up in the, you know, in the fact that, you know, again, like I said, and I keep, I, I'm beating this drum because I'm trying to make a point. They keep looking and focusing on the sacrifices that were made by our elders, those that marched, those that died, those that gave their lives, and you know, that that's the the burden that they bear for us to be able to have the ability to go to choose a school that we wanted to go to have the ability to, you know, enjoy the so-called rights that we have. But I want to read something out of the scriptures that, that speaks contrary to what people have come to believe. This is Jeremiah chapter 15 and verse 11. It says, the Lord says, verily it shall be well with thy remnant. Verily I will cause the enemy to entreat thee well in the time of evil and in the time of affliction. Because, see, the thing is, is that people are still caught up on this whole thing about you know, the white man brought us into slavery and sold us, and the Africans and the Arabs sold us. But we already read the scriptures showing you why that came to pass. It had nothing. They were just the tools by which the Lord used to bring those things to pass. That didn't have anything to do with any power they inherently had. That was the Lord taking his protection away from us to punish us for breaking his commandments. But just like I just read in Jeremiah, the Lord said that he was going to cause it to be well with the, with the women of Israel, and he wasn't going to cause the enemy to entreat us well in the time of evil and in the time of affliction. So the real power is with the most high. Right. But we caught up in the marching. We caught up in the voting. We caught up in the equal rights. We caught up in the desegregation. Not understanding. I mean, and people say, well, well, at one point, you, you were illegal for a slave to read the Bible. Guess what? The Lord allowed these things to come to pass so that we would have the ability to come back and serve him. That's really what this is all about. Okay, people miss the mark, but this is really what everything that has come to pass is all about. The Lord allowing us the freedom to follow the example of Christ and free ourselves from sin. Not to follow the customs of the heathen and just go just be hell bent on destroying ourselves. 
and doing the exact same thing that got us here in the first place. Right. So I'm going to take a real quick break, y'all, and when we come back, I want to look at, you know, just another point because we pretty much covered just about everything <laughs> that I wanted to from the uh, first half. I want to cover just some things about the American dream and also, you know, where we should basically uh, have our gratitude. Where, where, where should we place our gratitude in, with regards to sort of the so-called feelings that we enjoy today? So y'all hold tight and we'll be back. The Body of Christ Church Radio Network broadcasts seven days a week on blogtalkradio.com forward slash the BLCC. Listen to our archive broadcasts or check us out while we are live on the air. Come and visit us in the virtual living room at 2 o'clock p.m. on Sundays where we examine current topics according to the scriptures. Are you looking for the truth? Can you handle the truth? Find out on Mondays at 8 o'clock p.m. It doesn't matter what church you attend or philosophy you believe, take the challenge to see Are You Smarter Than Your Pastor on Tuesdays at 8 o'clock p.m. The world is engrossed in darkness, but it shall be destroyed by the light. Check out From Darkness to Light at 7 o'clock p.m. on Wednesdays, where all manner of witchcraft, occult practices, and Satanism is exposed for what it is. Before the light comes, it's time to awake on Thursdays at 8 o'clock p.m. If you are seeking salvation, listen to Repentance is the Key, Fridays at 7 o'clock p.m. And after you've listened to all of these shows, find out how we will become kings and priests Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock a.m. All shows are on Eastern Standard Time. Remember to check out The Body of Christ Church seven days a week on blogtalkradio.com forward slash the B-O-C-C. That's blogtalkradio.com forward slash T-H-E-B-O-C-C. Shalom.
wealth. Cause wealth will set us yeah. free, okay? Cause wealth is empowering. Wealth can uplift communities from poverty, okay? A white man gets wealthy, he builds Walmart and makes other white people have some yeah. money. A brother gets rich, he buys some yeah. jewelry, okay? Do you know what I'm talking about? I ain't talking about rich. I'm talking about wealth. Wealth is passed down from generation to generation. You can't get rid of wealth. Rich is some yeah. you can lose with a crazy summer in a drug habit. Rick James was rich. One minute you're singing Super Freak, the next minute you're doing Old Navy commercials. Give it to me, baby. Give me corduroy. Not talking about rich. I'm talking about wealth. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not all white people's fault that black and brown people don't have any yeah. wealth. Maybe, now just maybe, maybe if we didn't spend all our money on rims, we might have some to invest. We don't give a yeah. boy. Black people, we love rims. We will put shiny-ass rims on any piece of yeah. car in the world. We don't give a yeah. A brother put rims on a toaster if you let him. Yo, man, I got some raisin toast sitting on 22. 22, look at them. And they spit it, they spit it. They spit it, they spit it. They spit it, they spit it. So that was just a little excerpt from a, uh, a stand-up that Chris Rock did about the difference between being rich and being wealthy. And that leads us right into the next discussion point concerning the American dream, because that was actually one of the, you know, pivotal points of King's I, had a, I Have a Dream speech, uh, you know, just going into the American dream. I want to, um, you know, just kind of look at some things here, because, you know, one of the statements that he made, you know, from his speech that day is that, you know, his faith was deeply rooted in the American dream. And just looking at it from the context of the speech, you know, the American dream being that the Negro could enjoy all of the freedoms and opportunities that, you know, that the white man had enjoyed for so long. But now just speaking back to some of the things that were brought out earlier in the show, <laughs> when you look at, okay, so, you know, there's a, you know, desegregation has already come to pass pretty much, you know, and I say pretty much very deeply. You know, if you so-called qualified to get into any school of your choice, you know, you can do so. You know, in most cases, if you meet the qualifications, you can get the, you know, get that job that once was denied to us. But when you look at the foolishness that's been put on, you know, that just basically engulfs the mass media, and, you know, to come, you mentioned the whole thing about, you know, you got our sisters fighting half-naked, booty out, and, and cellulite and weeds and everything else, acting a fool in, in the Waffle House or wherever, whatever restaurant of your choice, Denny's, IHOP, whatever. You know, here it is, you know, the people mad at Millie size, my size, because she ain't twerking it the right way. You know, all of this foolishness and the, the, the just the disgusting things that our people have come to embrace and so-called black culture, you know, 
But that's 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 the American dream, right? That's you know. the freedom that they were seeking. But but I will you go ahead because I I kind of went on a rant on Obama. Go ahead, bro. Um, what, what was the question? I'll step away for a second. Well, Gadon, I guess the question just straight out was the American dream ever meant for us? You know where uh, we the, the American dream. The, yeah, the American, American dream. dream. <laughs> Hold on, let me let me finish. The American, the American dream, where we can be judged by the content of our character, okay, and not the color of our skin. The American dream, no, no. where you know, because basically, our people thought that the, that our thought that this salvation would come through voting, desegregation, education, representation in government. You know, from Thurgood Marshall all the way to Obama. Hey. Have we really received that salvation? Did we really achieve the American dream? That's the question. I'll, I answer that, and I want to go back to something that you were talking about before the break. You know, was it the march mm-hmm. thing? But the the American dream was it for us? No. I mean, let's go right back to the Bible and let's compare what it is happening today with the black. Mm-hmm. Latino, Native American communities that are scattered in America that live in America. Okay. This is I got one more I got one more thing to say, brother. Because I want people to be clear. I want people that's listening to this program to be very clear about this question. So I'm going to ask the exact same question in in a different way. And the way I'm going to ask it, I'm going to state it this way: Was it wrong, or what is wrong with? us wanting the same benefits and the same luxuries that we are entitled to pursue as American citizens? And is that the prosperity that the Lord intended for us? And I, I asked that, and I asked it that way because this is how it was thought, and this is the viewpoint that all of us, a lot of us, you know, were looking at it like, listen, we have been granted citizenship in this country. We should be entitled to pursue those same rights and benefits and even some of those luxuries that we can afford as everybody else in this country. So you go right ahead, brother. Well, we're not we're not going to receive them. And this is re- the reason why we're not going to receive them. This is Deuteronomy 28, and this is the 43rd verse. And it says, The stranger that is within thee shall get up above thee very high, and thou shalt come down very low. He shall lend to thee, and thou shalt not lend to him. He shall be the head, and thou shalt be the tail. Isn't that what Chris Rock was saying? He's like, look, Shaq is rich, but the but the white man that pays him the money, he's wealthy. Why? Because they give of what they have because they're in control. We'll never be in control of the United States of America. We've come down very low. What is that very low? Ghettos, slums, okay, the lowest of the low to where your your identity is minority. You're not the majority. The minority doesn't control anything. It's the majority. Isn't that what democracy is about? It's the majority that controls things. See, that's why they had to say, okay, well, you've got to get three-fifths of your slaves because what? The South, they, wanted, they didn't want the North to have the majority to vote. So we've come down very low. Everybody else is very high. Even in even in what you would call the so-called black communities, you have other nations that's in the communities that benefit more 
than the blacks or Latinos that's in that in those communities. If you want money, can you lend someone money? No, you go to the bank that's not owned by blacks. When I say blacks, I'm talking about the ones that's descended from slaves. They're not lending to the government. The government lends to you. Why? Because this is a state of captivity. We're not the head. We're the tail. When you see blacks or Latinos on the TV set, what state and condition are they in the majority of the time? They're in the basis, lowest, non-educated state on the planet. You're like, well, they're not all like that. There's a vast minority of our people that are educated, that's assimilated into society. But the vast majority of our people, we are the tail. We are on the bottom. So is the American dream for us? No. The stacks, the cards are set against us, and the reason why is not the white man. See, they think it's the white man. See, the best thing that our people did during the Civil Rights Movement was that they prayed. And that's what we have to do. We have to come back to the scriptures. We have to come back to the Bible. But they're fighting tooth and nail for us not to come back to the Bible. Soon they're going to be burning the Bible because they talk very evil of the Bible. They don't want us to come back to this book and start looking at this book. That's why they didn't want us to read it in slavery. But this is the key to our salvation. It's not the American dream. It's not the American dream. Thanks, bro. You guys did I want to mm-hmm. go ahead. Let me, let me see if I can take a little bit more off that thick bone. Because did an adequate job. <laughs> like a pit bull that has eaten in about three weeks. But uh, I want to deal with something because I want to ask you the question in another way. It's not the American dream. What should we do? Put our dreams and hope this. Christ told us and all of us know this. This is Matthew 6, verse 9. After this manner, therefore pray ye. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, and we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. So the kingdom that we should be looking for the rest, the not putting our hopes in some man's vision, it's the kingdom of God. It ain't ours, it's his kingdom. And the only reason we suffer it as a people is because there's one point that we don't really want to deal with because of our rebellious nature. It says, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our people have got so brainwashed and so simplified when it comes to this term. They're saying things about when they die, they're going to get some wings and a halo and fly off to heaven. Where the prayer that Christ told us to pray is saying that's not so. Why? Because the heavens was made for the heavenly Father and the earth was made for man. So what did the kingdom of God prayer say that we were supposed to put our faith and hope in? is that the will of God be done on earth as it is in heaven. How is that going to happen? The occupants of the earth, mainly his chosen people, would do what? Start to follow him lockstep as it is to them. 
The most I'm not dealing with homosexuality in the kingdom of God, in his, in his realm in heaven. He's not dealing with murder, rape, mayhem, all that. He's not dealing with none of that. He's not dealing with false visions of righteousness. He's not dealing with any of that. So before we can live in that kind of peace and serenity, we have to give it in our heads that it doesn't matter what we think, how we feel, or how many dreams we have. All that matters is we learn to do the will of the Father as it is done in heaven while we're on the earth. Period. Simple. That's the dream, and that's what we should be hoping for. All this other foolishness, I'm not, and I got hit the head with a brick. And I keep saying that because every time I see this guy, every time something about civil rights comes up, what you got, Lewis? He's the last member, longest living survivor of the marches, and he got, did I tell you he got hit in the head with a brick and survived? Or did I tell you that? Or did I forget to tell you he got hit in the head with a brick? Straight foolishness. Because what did it prevail? Because now, look, Trayvon Martin got shot. What are they doing? They're in the hall of the Congress wearing hoodies and buying Skittles in Arizona IT. Straight foolishness. The hope that we should desire and put our trust in is the Lord. And he told us what to pray for and where our dreams and goals should be directed to. That kingdom of God being here on earth, not stuck as it is in heaven, and all this other stuff we wouldn't be dealing with. Now, let me just read one point of collection. When we talk about this people, it's a certain people that is what? Prominent in the establishment of his kingdom. And it didn't go off off here. I mean, it didn't fall on deaf ears. It's not right here where I'm reading. It's going to tell you who that kingdom was made for and who's going to get it in the end, but they jumped the gun. So now when you read Acts 1, um, <clears throat> uh, I'm just get right to the point. This is the last time that they were going to see Christ in the class physically and before he ascended up. Now, but this is something that they asked because he came, he died as a sacrifice, raised three days, like all the prophets he said, and now he was going to sit on the right-hand side of his father. Now let's look at what the apostles asked him. That kingdom of God where the kingdom, the will of that father will be done on earth as it is in heaven, in Israel, this is what they were talking about. Acts 1 verse 6. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? So that kingdom of God is meant and designed for a certain people to what? Be in their proper position according to the Lord's design and everyone and everything else falls under that? According to the Lord's design, that's what we should be praying for. But when you say something like that, especially our people, they look at you like you're crazy, you're some kind of separatist or you're some kind of racist or you're some kind of this, this, that, and you're reading it right out the Bible that the kingdom was to be given to Israel again. So if it was given to them again, what does that tell you? That they once had it mm. before. So it's only going to revert back to what it should be when the people of the Lord learn to stop putting their trust
in men and their foolish dreams and deal with what the Most High St. Christ will tell us to do. That is to depict, turn from our iniquity, and follow and believe the gospel, which is the words of God. Back to you, bro. You know, we got a clip that you uh, wanted to play. Yeah, I got a clip. I'm going to play this clip. And basically, this is um, outlining the American dream or those that how to get the American dream. So let's listen to this. This is, this is from a movie. It's called Attack on Wall Street. So let's listen to this. What did we do? Huh? 
Because when I came back to my true existence, we were still selling crack because that was where the crack thing was right. It was rolling hard. We were still doing what? Killing one another over crack? We were still raising up in gangs, banging, and all the other ills that we have and the sins that we have among one another. It didn't change their thing. So marching does not accomplish anything. Now, get away from nostalgia, okay? So now, let's look at the march took place 50 years ago. Now, anyone out there listening in Blog Talk Radio Land or Archive Blog Talk Radio Land or anywhere you're hearing this show, let's examine the position and condition of the people that was marching or who was in March 4. Is it better or worse? That's what we have to ask. Because for where I I think it's a lot worse. No, I don't think. I know it's a lot worse. Because in my little upstate community, you got high schools that can't graduate more than 28% of their school. Back in the 50s, that would have been a lot of But even in a self-standard school, with raggedy books and raggedy uh, uh, material, you know, at least because it was some kind of like pride or whatever. But because our people are so degenerate in their behavior, it is by design. Everything that's wicked and evil and degenerate is being promoted and uplifted, and everything that's right is flipping good and evil, like the scriptures say. That's the thing that we have to understand. Now, I, I just I know we're going to run it all time, but I knew you had a section you wanted to deal with about the the freedom or what's real freedom or how do we become free. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, you know what? I, I got a couple of things that I actually want to address before I move on to the very last point. Because mm-hmm. it, just just looking at, you know, the scriptures and things that we've covered thus far, I got a couple. I've been holding a couple of scriptures for a minute. Because the thing is, is that our people sought and still are seeking salvation in education and financial uh, stability, social economical equality, all of these different things that we're seeking salvation from in the name, you know, basically, oh, they, people sought salvation in, in Obama. You know, we got a black president. Things are going to change now. Okay. But I want to read Acts chapter 4 and 12 because this is what true Christians in the scriptures that follow Christ, the Christ in the Bible, said about it. Acts 4 and 12, it says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none under name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Because you look at all of the things through history, people sought salvation in Nat Turner, people sought salvation in Marcus Garvey, Malcolm X, Sojourner Truth, Harriet Tubman, Frederick Douglass, and now they were looking for Obama for that same salvation. But the scriptures told us that there's none of the name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Talking about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because the education, all of the things that, and again, I, I'm saying this with the, with, the, with the utmost respect, you know, all of the things that our forefathers, I'm going to say our forefathers, our elders, our forefathers going back way back to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but all of those things and strides that they fought and died for is like, listen, we so-called, we squandered it. And when you look at the history of our people in the, the scriptures and all of the captivities that we've been in, 
we didn't go to our enemies for our freedom because back then our people understood who the hell put us in slavery in the first place and why we were there and how we were going to get out of it. And it didn't have anything to do with our captors. All of that power, our people understood that that power resided only with the Heavenly Father. And that's how we were going to make ourselves better. Because you look at you look at the conditions that we're in. You look at the whole thing, oh, black people are lazy. Look at how they act like monkeys and apes and baboons. I mean, every time you turn on the TV, it's another world star. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's another, it's another fight, and people are acting the fool. You know, and it... I had a scripture, uh, I think, that one you might have um, read it earlier in Deuteronomy, the fourth chapter. But I'm, I'm going to go back to it. This is Deuteronomy chapter 4, and I'm going to start at verse 5. It says, Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgment, even as the Lord my God commanded me, that ye should do so in the land whither ye go to possess it, going back to the conditions that we had to, uh, to maintain in order to stay in our land. Verse 6, Keep therefore and do them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nations, which shall hear all these great statutes and say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. But so now that begs the question, are they saying that about us right now? They're saying the complete opposite. They're saying, surely this is a stupid and lazy people, a no good people. It didn't say that the education was going to make us wise in the sight and have a good understanding in the sight of the nation. It didn't say that money and everything else that we have fought and, and voting this was going to make us wise. The, the commandments of the Lord, as we're reading here, is what was going to make us wise and have a, a, some understanding in the sight of the nations. That's where our praise was going to be coming from by doing what the Lord said. But our people don't want to do that, which leads me to Isaiah 30. I'm going to get to um, this, fourth, uh, this last part of the show here in a, in a second. But I need to read this. I need to touch on this because our people don't understand why these things don't work. And the Lord already told us, Isaiah 30 and 1. It says, Woe to the rebellious children, saith the Lord, that take counsel, but not of me, and that cover with a covering, but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin. 